My name is Dick Grayson. When I was a boy, I was an acrobat in the circus. Until the day my parents were murdered by mobster Tony Zuko. That's when Robin was born. But I outgrew that name. And now, I'm Nightwing. With Batman out of the picture, looks like Gotham needs me more than ever. Hey everybody, this is Timmy Time in the Batman Revolution podcast. This is a special episode because uh, we like to do special episodes, Tim. That is like our third one in a... Last few weeks or a few episodes now. Yeah, so. yeah, I mean, I think we, I think we have to stop doing it because then it kind of becomes like, I don't know, not the, special anymore. Yeah, like the <laughs> the mate the Matrix trilogy or something, where it's like the first one was like, oh my god, and the second one was like, uh, okay, I I guess, and the third one was like, no, I just don't care. Well, um, well, but, I hope that's not the case today, man. Oh no, no, yeah, not no, at this all. It's going to be all. like. The Dark Knight Rises and Return of the Jedi and Return of the King, the good third of trilogy. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we have Tim with us. Tim, say hello to the good people. Hello, hello. This is going to be a fun one. <laughs> yeah, and we got a special guest. Uh, it's a guy named uh, Brady, and he's doing a, a fan film called Nightwing, the Dark... Uh, what is it? The Dark Knight? The Darkest... darkest. The Darkest Night. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's alright. You, you see, I'm just stumbling all over myself already, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so, uh, Brady, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, where where do you come from? Uh, what's your experience with the with the character Nightwing, or sure. you know, Batman? Yeah. Or- so, uh, I'm, my name is Brady Roberts. Uh, I'm an actor in Vancouver. Um, I've been acting since I was a kid. And um, my experience with Nightwing is I'm a huge, huge Batman fan, huge DC Comics fan. I've got a Green Lantern tattoo on my arm, so I'm pretty, nice. uh, I'm pretty serious <laughs> about DC. Um, I produced a fan film called Nightwing Prodigal, uh, which is a four-episode web series um, that came out last year and has been uh, really popular online. And so this, this fan film, Nightwing The Darkest Night, is the sequel to Nightwing Prodigal. So Nightwing Prodigal was four episodes. Um, it, it runs about 47 minutes in total. Um, that was all shot here in Vancouver as well, about a year and a half ago. Uh, and then we're currently in the process. We're about halfway through shooting on Nightwing The Darkest Night, which is um, originally it was conceived as like the fifth episode of the show. But then it's because of the story and, and just how we worked it out, we sort of we're treating it more as a sequel and it's a short film on its own. So it's going to be about 25 minutes um, approximately. Uh, when it's when it's ready awesome yeah. yeah yeah i'm just i'm just wondering like how, how do you find the time to do all of this because i know it's not just you yeah. know you going out and buying a costume and oh, having your friends yeah. film it uh, yeah. i'm sure this is more of a you know put together kind of thing big time yeah and i'm sure you guys have seen the trailer yeah oh yeah okay great yeah uh and as you can tell with the trailer i mean it's a very high quality production um, you know, sometimes I, I sort of hate the term fan film. Uh, I mean, it is a fan film, so we, that's the term that we're going to use, but sometimes it gets watered down a little bit because people do go out and sort of just 
take their camera and get a couple of costumes and make a fan film. And, and that's, that's totally cool. You know, I have respect for anybody that, um, wants to take time out of their, their life to do something that they can't profit from. Um, but this is a big production. I mean, um, a couple weekends ago we had about 85 people on set for one day. Um, you know, this is a big, big production and, and I'm blessed to be in Vancouver because it is such a big film town. You know, they shoot a ton of stuff here. Um, so there's a lot of people that, uh, are here for the purpose of doing film. So you're able to build a really good team, um, behind the camera and in front of the camera. And yeah, in terms of like time, man, it, it eats up a lot of my life, dude. I, I spent like a year making Nightwing Prodigal. And when that year was over, I was like drained. I was like, never again. You know, I love the show, but I had a really draining experience doing it. And um, this time around, I got set up with a new director and a new team. And they sort of just, you know, um, lit a fire under my ass. And it's been a more positive experience this time around. And I'm really happy with it. So I'm excited. You know, I work, I work as a personal trainer. I train a lot of actors. I train the girls from Arrow and Flash. Uh, and a few of the actors in town here that, that work on those shows. Oh, nice. And so I'm, you know, I'm a trainer all day. Uh, and then of course I'm going to auditions, I'm shooting other shows, I'm shooting commercials, I'm doing all sorts of stuff. And then, you know, this is my sort of other full-time job. Uh, but I, you know, and we don't get paid for this show, obviously it's a DC comics property. We're not affiliated with DC comics. This is a fan film. So it is a lot of work and it's a labor of love and it's a real, um, passion project you know you hear actors kind of throw that term around passion project um when they're still making millions of dollars uh on a on a movie um this is like we're putting our own money into this to to make it and uh and make something that we're really proud of nice now so, yeah i'm sorry dave you can go ahead if you want. oh yeah just real, really quick uh yeah. what's your ultimate goal with this series i mean is, is it just because you're so passionate about nightwing or you want to tell your version of Nightwing with yeah, with I mean, there's story. sort of there's multiple reasons why I made this. I mean, what happened originally um, was a few years ago. I was living back in in Calgary, and I had a friend who's a director out there, and he wanted to do a short film with me to showcase himself as a director and as a visual effects artist, which he is. And I wanted to do something to showcase myself as an actor. So we sat down and we started talking about ideas of a three, four, five minute short film that we could do. And we actually wanted to do a Why the Last Man um, fan film. Okay. uh, Which is one of my favorite books uh, of all time. And as we were sort of starting to prep it, another Why the Last Man fan film came out and it was really well done. And we said, you know, let's go a different direction because these guys have already sort of nailed this. And so we decided to do a Nightwing one and we did a three minute Nightwing trailer um, it's on YouTube. It's called Nightwing Prodigal Son, uh, which is on my YouTube page as well. That was the original one. Um, that went viral online. It went, got, you know, 300,000 hits or whatever. And so then when I moved to Vancouver, I'd never planned on making an actual web series uh, about Nightwing. It just sort of happened because the show got, the, the trailer got so popular online. So then when I came here, I built a crew, I got a director, I've casted actors and started making it. And uh, I think it was really important for me because I grew up as such a big fan of Nightwing and Robin and really felt uh, I related to that character. And so it was important for me to tell a story in live action because I felt like that character has never been done justice in live action. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's multiple reasons. I mean, it started out as just something for me to showcase myself as an actor. And then, of course, my my love for this character just said, you know what, this character needs needs um a live action portrayal and then with nightwing prodigal i mean i really 
am really happy with what we did with that show and it's got really great reviews online but there's a lot of things that I felt like we could have done better and that was one of the reasons I wanted to make sure I did this sequel as well so we could say okay this was what was good about Nightwing Prodigal this is what needed a lot of work let's take the constructive criticism that we got from fans on that show and and fix it and, and give them something that uh, is really epic and, and finishes that storyline that we started in that show. Cool. Well, yeah, I just I actually saw it um, not too long ago and awesome. I really enjoyed it. So I, thanks, man. I yeah. It's got, you know, it's got great reviews online. I mean, of course, there's going to be a percentage of people that don't like it because it's a it's a. I mean, anything, anytime you play with a, a comic book character, sure, there's yeah. going to be a certain percentage. So we always expect that. But it, it does have really great reviews, and it's certainly – I don't want to make it sound like um, like I didn't think it was good because I think it's really great. I just think there, that this is going to be so much better. Yeah, one of my favorite things while watching the first series, Prodigal, yeah. is that there is a lot of cool Easter eggs in there. <laughs> well, definitely. Tons. Being yeah. a big, I'm a big Batman the Animated Series fan. That's like my definitive version of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's a lot of cool nods in there. I mean, you, you guys mentioned the uh, like powers from Batman Beyond, even Terry. Yep. And then probably my favorite bit was when Nightwing was confronting the Riddler, and, and he's telling the riddle from the "Why are you? If you're so smart, why are you witch?" episode with the Minotaur. I just love that. A- absolutely, absolutely. That and that was that was one of the really fun things for me. Um, I mean, I'm I'm not a writer. I don't consider myself a writer at all. I, I'm um, definitely more of an idea guy. And uh, we had some other um, writers on Nightwing Prodigal, and we have some new writers on Nightwing: The Darkest Night. But you know, I of course have some input uh, in the writing, and I wanted to make sure that there was a lot of Easter eggs. Uh, for the fans, because same with me, man. I mean, I was born in 87, so I grew up on Batman, the animated series in the 90s. I love it. I love Bruce Timm's work. I, you know, I love Superman, the animated series. I love the Justice League series. You know, that that continuity for me is awesome. And, and that was one of the things I wanted to do was sort of take some of these animated series characters and, and bring them to life um, and not be afraid to bring them to life how they're portrayed in the cartoon. So, you know, you see like our Poison Ivy and Nightwing Prodigal, like she looks exactly like the animated series yeah. mm-hmm. Poison Ivy. Um, you know, the Riddler was a lot like the uh, animated series one. You know, there's certain characters in there. And of course, all the references, Batman Beyond, um, there's a reference in there to Mask of the Phantasm, you know, lots of uh, pretty nerdy uh, Easter eggs that you can find. But that's part of the fun of the show. Um, and I think with The Darkest Night, there's not as many Easter eggs uh, because we didn't want to overstuff it. We wanted to sit back and say, OK, those things are cool, but what's the, what's the story here? Mm. Um, so there's certainly some really cool Easter eggs in this one, um, but not overstuffed to the extent where Nightwing Prodigal sometimes maybe I think we overdid the Easter eggs. I gotcha. Was there any there that you wanted to put in but had to leave out? <laughs> like, were they getting too much in there? Yeah, well, there was only one, actually. What happened was, if you watch the original trailer that was shot um, in Calgary, there's a shot of the Red Hood, and he jumps off a, you know, thing and, and lands on some wood or whatever, and he's standing there with his gun. And that was supposed to be in, we were going to reuse that piece of footage and put it in episode four of Nightwing Prodigal um, after he fights, after Nightwing fights Bane. Mm. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> yeah, watched it yet. He fights Bane, um, defeats Bane, and then the Court of Owls show up, and they've got Deathstroke with them. 
And then we were going to have red that shot of Red Hood as well. We we're going to re- reuse that shot so that Red Hood would also sort of be working with okay. the owls. Um, but we ended up taking it out because it looked really similar to Deathstroke with the lighting and stuff. You couldn't mm-hmm. really tell. And uh, I didn't want to go that route anyway with the character. So there was a Red Hood reference in there that was taken out. Um, but that doesn't mean that that character won't be referenced or, or show up at some point in this uh, universe that we're building. Cool. Yeah. Now, yeah, you mentioned the Court of Owls, and that was probably another yeah. one of my favorite things about For sure. Prodigal, because, yeah, I love the story by Scott Snyder when that first came oh, out. And just recently, it. even on, not too long ago on our podcast, I was saying, like, I really want to see the Court of Owls as, like, the next main Batman villain in a solo movie. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, I think for, you know, I, I, I thought it was so cool. I mean, I love that storyline, and I just think that there's something to, like, with, with, with Nightwing Prodigal, I didn't want to make the Joker, the main villain, mm-hmm. because he's always Batman's main villain. Sure. And, you know, Nightwing has his own rogues, of course, Blockbuster, a handful of other rogues and stuff. But I thought that the coolest villains would be these guys that were behind the scenes controlling everything. And uh, I love that Court of Owls storyline. And, um, you know, we were kind of the first guys to do live action Court of Owls. Um, and uh, it was a fresh storyline. You know, it had just come out maybe a year before we did the show. And uh, those guys are always going to be the kind of overarching villains of our series. They're always going to be behind the scenes pulling the strings. And uh, I just love that storyline. So I had to do that. Yeah, I'm so glad you did because it was really cool to see them in live action. Like you said, probably for the first time. Yeah. The way, I mean, just the way the owl's mask look because there's, there's something creepy about it. But Super just, creepy, man. Super creepy. It fits so perfectly into the Batman mythos and Rose Gallery in there. So, and yeah. especially with the ties that it has to Dick and Nightwing, it makes for a perfect storyline or like exactly. a, a main plot thread yeah. to go through the series. Yeah. So, yeah, was that I something you guys always perfect. wanted to, like from the get go when you wanted to do Prodigal, was that always going to be the main story with using the Court of Owls? I think the Court of Owls was was a nice way for us to get to play with multiple villains. And, um, you know, obviously the, the theme of the four episodes of Nightwing Prodigal is Nightwing's coming back to Gotham City and uh, Bruce Wayne is missing. And, you know, in this universe, um, Nightwing doesn't know about the Court of Owls. He's only heard the, the myths and stuff. And he sort of finds out more and more clues, clues as he's going along. And then you finally see them show up in the fourth episode. And then this sequel um, is ab- is absolutely going to resolve um, the whole story that started in those Nightwing Prodigal uh, episodes. So um, anything that wasn't answered in episode four is, is going to be answered in this uh, sequel. Cool. Nice. Well, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it's going to be pretty sick. We're halfway through filming. Um, so hopefully it'll come out this fall. Uh, we're going to film um, the rest of it in August here. We've got our Kickstarter campaign going right now to uh, finish the funding for the show. Um, and we'll shoot again in August. Cool. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, so we... how do you... Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, I hope everything goes smoothly for you because, like I said, yeah. I can't wait to see where the story goes on. Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. So so how do you decide in your stories which characters to put in? Like you mentioned Ivy and you mentioned um, uh, Red Hood. Right. Yeah, how do you just... How, how do you decide that? I mean, I think originally it was just sort of like who were the characters that I most wanted to see portrayed uh, in live action. You know, I mean, we've seen Poison Ivy in one of the movies, but um, obviously those movies aren't uh, 
uh, well loved, I guess um, I'll say. Um, <laughs> nice so, you know, I want to see her. I wanted to see a really good Riddler done. Um, I wanted to see, you know, Harley Quinn in live action. I wanted to see some of these characters that um, maybe at the time when we were making Prodigal, um, I didn't know if those characters were ever going to get made in live action. Um, you know, now it's a little bit different. DC is really picking up their game with their live action films and stuff, which is awesome. Um, but these were just characters that I personally wanted to see. And the court of owls was the main villains that I wanted to do. And we figured out a way where sort of the court of owls was hiring, hiring all these villains so we could get them in there. And, um, yeah, I mean, I guess I just picked them because I liked them the best, uh, is, is really the answer. I mean, those were the characters as a comic book fan that I really wanted to see live action. And I mean, there's tons. I mean, DC is amazing with their villains. You know, they've definitely had the best villains. So it's hard to to choose when you've got 45 minutes of um, who you're going to put in there. So there's definitely some villains I'd love to do in the future. Yeah, I mean, especially, like you said, being a big DC fan and yeah. getting to play nightwing in your series was there any like particular yeah. moment where you go man this is so cool i'm like filming a scene here with bane or poison ivy or yeah Harley. for sure i mean those ones obviously were were the coolest i mean i mean for me as an actor um you know i never tried to like approach it like okay i'm playing a superhero and i need to do like a superhero impression or whatever it was like i i i, I approach it as i'm playing this guy, you know, whose parents were killed when he was young and, and he, um, he's just a real guy, you know, he doesn't have superpowers and, and he's a guy that's going through some things and somebody that's important in his life is missing. And then of course in the sequel, you're going to see some other stuff and he has to deal with that. And so I'm, I'm trying to portray it as just a guy that's living in a real world. That's, um, has some, some pretty crazy people around him. Um, so yeah, it was really cool. Obviously as an actor, you know, getting to put the suit on for the first time and, getting to square off with Bane and square off with the Riddler. And we had some really cool sets on the last one where we're in warehouses and stuff. And then this one we were shooting a few weeks ago um, at this big strip club and there's Harley Quinn's on the stage and there's, you know, Joker thugs everywhere and there's uh, Deathstroke is there. And, and it's just like, you're looking around and you're like, I'm inside a DC comic right now. Um, you know, we had all these extras and they were all in different costumes and stuff. And it was just such a cool, like just to stop for a second and look around and really soak it in and just say, you know, if I never do anything else ever, this was pretty freaking cool, uh, to, to get to play with those characters. So that's the most exciting thing for me too, is when you get to see these really talented actors, bring these characters to life and stand across from them and do these scenes with them. So, um, yeah, I mean, as a big nerd, it was it was definitely pretty cool to put the suit on. <laughs> nice. Yeah, because yeah, with Nightwing and Dick Grayson, I mean, one of the big things about him is his like personality is when he has yeah. a crime fight, how totally different it is from Batman. Absolutely. I thought you captured that really well in the series. And Thanks, man. Yeah. One of my favorite parts, of it, it just made me laugh, was in the scene yeah. with uh, Harley Quinn. Yeah. And she has that woman tied up on her bed, and Nightwing's yeah. up to leave. He's all like, oh, wait, do you you need saving yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> nope, that, that's, that's funny too because that that line uh was never in the script oh okay <laughs> uh, i just said it on the day there was a few a few of the funny lines that are in there were um especially some of the ones between me and oracle were just added on the day um which was fun you know it's really fun to improv like that and stuff and make the character more fun and it's it's interesting because you're walking a really fine line especially with with nightwing prodigal because we were trying to stuff so much story into 45 minutes mm -hmm. that you know one scene is a lot more serious and the next scene is pretty funny and it's 
it's tough to go back and forth that quickly, you know, when you watch it, I mean. Um, so yeah, it was a challenge as an actor to try to hit those funny beats, but also be serious in the sense that, you know, Bruce Wayne is missing and stuff too. So, um, but yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. This, this story that we're doing right now is more serious for sure. Mm -hmm. But I think, um, it's important to me that we don't lose that fun of, of Dick Grayson and, and lose the humor that he has to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now gotta geek out. I gotta geek out here a little bit because sure. that tag ending sequence after the credits yep. <laughs> where yep. Dick calls Barbara and there's a flash of light and he puts it on his hand and boom, there's the green lantern. ring. <laughs> there it is, man. Yeah. I just thought that was awesome because I remember reading in one of my Batman encyclopedias that actually had a part in there where it says the ring was going to choose Dick Grayson if he wasn't so young before it went to Hal Jordan. So, Oh really? I, I never read that actually. Yeah. I always thought that would have been That's a cool funny. possibility if Dick did become a green lantern. Yeah. And, when I saw that, I was like, oh, man, that's awesome. It took me back to what I read. So yeah. I don't know if you could say anything about the sequel, but will that be something that will be touched upon? We're absolutely absolutely going to address that because, you know, this is something, like I said, that um, this story takes place. Um, it picks up three months after the events of Episode 4. And so it's totally in the same universe, same storyline, just a continuation. So we're absolutely going to address the Green Lantern thing. It was interesting because, again, with the Green Lantern thing, that was actually never originally in the script. What happened was we were we were having a premiere for the film at the Vancouver Fan Expo, so the big comic con that's in Vancouver. Mm. And it was huge. You know, 500 people showed up. We had to turn, turn away a bunch of people because the theater wasn't big enough. And it was massive, the amount of people that showed up. But like a week before the comic con, we were sort of in panic mode because we were having to finish editing the show and we were in a real time crunch from the time that we finished shooting until the time that it was premiering at the comic con. And, um, I was really drained, you know, like I said, just dealing with this other director and, uh, you know, producing the whole show myself. Mm -hmm. And I was just drained mentally and physically. And I remember thinking like, what are we going to do when people put their hands up at Comic-Con and ask us when the next episode is coming out. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so I said, you know, I talked to the writer and stuff and I said, what can we do that will have an excuse to not do another episode for a while? And I looked at my arm and I've got the green, I've got Kyle Rayner tattooed on my arm. And I was like, my other favorite superhero is Green Lantern. And I, of course, have read like Blackest Night and all these other stories where DC characters get rings. Mm. And, you know, one of the themes of Nightwing Prodigal was was uh, Dick Grayson over, you know, overcoming his fears. He had all these nightmares about the owl masks and stuff like that. And so we decided to uh, we shot a scene like we shot that scene like a week before the premiere. So it was months after we'd finished shooting the show that we, that we added that scene and uh, he got the Green Lantern ring. And that was kind of there was multiple reasons for that. Like I said, a little bit of it wasn't out to not do any more episodes for a while. <laughs> And, um, yeah, so like I said, that is, that is definitely going to be addressed in the, in the sequel and it's, it's a big part of the sequel and, um, we've got that little bit of time in between that three months where some stuff happens. So that'll all be explained as well. But yeah, that was just a nerd out moment for me too, because I'm such a huge Nightwing fan and such a huge Green Lantern fan. And that would be a story I'd love to see. Yeah. Same here. I mean, pretty much mm -hmm. in the same boat with you after Batman and his universe of characters, Green Lanterns, like for me and the DC totally, universe. So totally. I was like, yeah. when I saw that scene and then I watched the trailer for The Darkest Night, I was like, okay, is Dick in the Green Lantern suit here? <laughs> like, where's, right, yeah. Where's so, the so you don't see anything in the trailer there about it. 
but it's absolutely uh, addressed. And um, yeah, we won't let you down, man. Cool. That's another <laughs> thing to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So as far as uh, villains for the Darkest Night, I mean, like I said, there was Deathstroke and Harley in the trailer. Can you give us any teases for some other villains that we might see in the sequel? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we've already announced we've got... Um, I mean, who do you see in the trailer there? You see Harley. You see the Riddler. You see uh, Deathstroke yep. and one of the owls there. Um, is that it? Who else do you see? Is there anyone else in the trailer? I believe those are the, those are the only ones I caught anyway. <laughs> yeah, so those are the ones the ones you got. I mean, those those guys are all back from the um, original episodes, so they're a big piece. And as far as um, the main villains or, or anything like that, I don't think we're going to talk about that just yet. But all I can okay. say is that we really. For me, doing a sequel was like, okay, how do we really top Prodigal? And we did a lot in Prodigal, and there was a lot of characters and stuff. And it was like, to me, it's like, what what is Nightwing's biggest challenge? Uh, And that was a theme for us when we were writing the show. What would be his absolute biggest challenge? Let's tackle that, whatever that is. And everybody sort of put their two cents in of what that is. Um, And obviously, the owls have something to do with it. And obviously, there's some storyline beats we need to wrap up from that first four um but we're going to do some things that have never been done in the comics and we're going to take some risks and we're going to piss some people off (laughs) and we're going to you know maybe make some other people really happy and uh we're going to open up the world a little bit in terms of um not just being batman characters as well you know we're really going to open that dc universe up and that obviously started with the green lantern tag as well at the end so I know that doesn't really answer your question. It probably actually opens it up to even more possibilities than you probably thought. Mm. <laughs> um, but we really want to make it so it's like this is a full DC universe. Nightwing is the main character in that universe that we're telling, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, it could be anybody, dude. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, the anticipation's killing me now with all these yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> things exactly. you're talking about the sequel. <laughs> Yeah, may, I mean, we're going to have a full trailer at some point. Uh, that was just a teaser trailer, obviously. It's only about 45 seconds, but, you know, because we've only shot half of the movie so far. Um, so I, I think once we have the full trailer out, you'll you'll get more of the story um, from there. Cool. Yeah. Now, there's a little brief sequence in the trailer, but one thing I noticed was that um, for the fight sequences compared to the Darkest Night trailer and what we saw in Prodigal, it seemed like there's going to be more opponents Dick is going to be taking on in that like sure. club scene. Was that going to be kind of a theme or something that's going to be like up in, up in the ante a little bit on the fight sequence where Dick's going to be fighting more opponents than what we saw in Prodigal? One of the biggest things that we're doing in this is the fight sequences are incredible. Um, our director, our new director, Matt Campbell, um, has directed a lot of action stuff. And that was why I was so interested in having him on board for this, because this is a lot more action heavy than Prodigal was. Mm. Um, And it's funny, even that scene that you see in the trailer, in the script, it was like Nightwing walks into the bar, uh, you know, punches one guy and then starts walking towards the stage. And it's like Matt Campbell saw that and was like, how about he fights like 15 guys (laughs) at once? And how about we shoot it all in one take? And that is... I think it's like a minute or a minute and 10 seconds of side scrolling camera. It's almost like you're looking at like a um, Super Nintendo video game. Oh, okay. Rolling from the cool. side. And Nightwing starts at one end and fights his way through all these thugs in one shot. 
and uh, it's amazing, you know, and it took a couple months of rehearsal and we had about 15 stunt guys there and, you know, we had the, uh, the stunt there, the actors union involved because of the stunt guys and stuff. And it was a big deal to do that scene. I think we did it in five takes, um, you know, plus a, a ton of rehearsal, obviously. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that was, and that's just one piece of the action that you see in this show. Um, so I, we've really upped the action and we've really upped the emotional stakes. You know, there's some things that happen here that force Dick to be a little bit more serious. Um, but the fight scenes are going to be pretty epic. We've got our stunt coordinator is Yusuf Ahmed, who just finished working on Deadpool. Uh, he's worked on everything, man. He did Tomorrowland with George Clooney and uh, tons and tons of stuff. Um, he's an incredible um fight choreographer and, and the action, I can't say enough good about it. It's, it's really sick. Awesome. And when you're talking about cool fight sequences and yeah. characters, I mean, you got the perfect, one of the best ones in DC with Deathstroke on there. So, Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it was cool. You know, we, we had him just introduced briefly at the end of episode four, obviously as uh, sort of a hired mercenary mm-hmm. for the court of owls. Um, you know, so Deathstroke's a really interesting character to me because to me, he doesn't have any allegiance um, exactly to anyone right he's just uh he works when he's paid and, and it's funny you see him uh, i don't know if you can you could tell in the trailer it's really quick but you see him in that fight scene where nightwing's taking out all those thugs you actually see deathstroke in the foreground right in front of the camera sitting at one of the tables drinking <laughs> while this fight is going on because it was like hey let's put deathstroke in there because he's not getting paid right now so he's just going to sit there and watch these guys fight. Where at the beginning oh, of the awesome. trailer, you see him punching um, the Riddler. It's like at this point, he is being paid. So it, he's a great character to me. He's so much fun because he's just not – he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> like, so yeah, he's, he's going to be in there more for sure. Cool. I can't wait. Sorry, Dane, if I'm hogging up all the questions. But <laughs> no, it's okay. That's okay. Keep going. I mean – yeah, just keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. well, I'm gl- I'm really glad you liked Nightwing Prodigal, man. It was it was uh, um, like I said, a real passion project. Took a, a year of my time. I spent so much uh, time and effort on it, and I'm really uh, love to hear that kind of positive feedback about it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can definitely tell the passion that you had, and just what big like, Batman yeah. DC fans you guys are. So, another sure. question I was wondering. I mean. I mentioned like the big animated series, like references on there, but was there one like Batman story or just Batman medium that had the biggest influence on whether the animated series or the Nolan movies, the Burton movies or a particular comic run? Was there one particular thing that was the main like influence on the project? I can't say that there was because uh, to me, it was a little bit of everything. It was like the animated series was obviously a huge influence. Um, the books were a huge influence. I mean, I love Long Halloween and Hush and Dark Victory and, uh, you know, there's so many amazing, um, Batman books. I'm actually, I mean, I've got my book stand in front of me with a whole bunch of Batman graphic (laughs) novels and comics and Nightwing comics. And and then of course, like the Arkham video games were a big influence. I thought those were amazing. You know, the Nolan films were a huge influence. It's like, we tried to take a little bit of everything Mm -hmm. And I mean, that was sort of one of the benefits we had too, was we were able to pick and choose, you know, we could have a little bit of influence from the animated series, 
and a little bit of influence from Arkham City and a little bit from here. And, or we could have a costume that was sort of more referencing the animated series or a, co- a costume that was more referencing straight out of the comics. Um, we could take a little bit from The Killing Joke. We could take a little bit from Long Halloween and we could just take all the best elements of the stuff that we love so much about these characters and just mash it into one. And that's why you see a story that isn't directly from the comics. Um, we could take just pieces of, and, and I wanted to do an original story too, so that people weren't going to know exactly what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I'd love to do a direct adaptation of various different comics that I love doing an original story with pieces of other comics was, was interesting to me and creating our own continuity. Yeah. How about for when you were playing Dick Grayson and Nightwing, did you try to just make that your own and not kind of take influence from anywhere, like a particular performance or storyline that you want yeah. to his personality on? Totally. And I think that um, that was maybe even easier than I thought it was going to be just because there isn't really any great live action Dick Grayson portrayals. You yeah, know, like, sure. I mean, you've got, you've got, I mean, you've got like Chris O'Donnell, but again, those movies aren't something that I was really looking at to reference. Sure. Um, we're going to go the purple that's, round. That's kind of, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that. that's kind of it. You've got, I mean, there wasn't really any other um, actors or anything to base my performance off of. So I was just basing it off of what I thought Dick Grayson was. And, and, and I thought that he was lots of fun. And he was, he was like Batman, but more fun, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, more lighthearted. And he, to me, he was a bit of a ladies' man. I mean, he's how many girls in the DC comics has he dated? Tons of them. Yeah. So we sort of, you know, we put that in there, and we we had this really one of the most interesting parts to me about the show was that relationship with him and Oracle, um, who's played by Florence Ryder, who's just an awesome actress. Mm. And when we did auditions for the show, I mean, we probably had like 75 to a hundred girls apply, um, to play Oracle. And, uh, and we brought her in and I'd actually seen her in an acting class before that I was in. I'd seen her in class and I said, you need to audition for my show. Cause I think you're, you're fantastic. But, um, and then she ended up getting the part and, and to me, that relationship, that kind of like banter of like, okay, this is my ex-girlfriend and a girl that I sort of like grew up with, mm-hmm. you know, fighting, fighting crime. Um, and now we're working together, but we're broken up, but we're still kind of in love with each other. And it's just kind of like a funny situation. Uh, and that banter back and forth there was really important to me. Um, yeah. Wait, what was the original question? Sorry. Uh, I sort of ran, I sort of ran uh, no and then forgot the original question. No, I just, you pretty much answered it. Just that there was like a particular version of Nightwing. Oh, right. You yeah. weren't grasping from, for your performance. Yeah. I just tried to create it as my own. And I think that's really important too, for, for actors. I mean, if you look at like, let's say Jared Leto as the Joker in the mm-hmm. new suicide squad trailer, you know, uh, to fill that role is a huge responsibility. And you can't look at Jack Nicholson's performance. You can't look at Heath Ledger's performance because it has to be something new. Exactly. Um, and I mean, Nightwing and Joker and Batman and these characters have been around for 75 years. And there's so many books to pull from or video games to pull from or cartoons. And uh, I think I felt like a huge responsibility as well to, you know, not let myself down as an actor or let the fans down of the books, you know, and pay respect to uh, the 75 years of, of time that this character has been around. So there's like a lot of responsibility, but I also had to sort of let that go a little bit and just say, okay, how do you think Dick Grayson would act in real life? 
And I feel like I have a lot of similarities to um, Dick Grayson. I mean, having like he grew up in the circus. Um, I grew up. I started in the re- in the professional wrestling industry when I was like twelve. Oh, okay. Um, and I traveled as a wrestler for years. I wrestled in Mexico. I wrestled in Japan. I wrestled all over the place. And the wrestling industry is a lot like the circus. You know, we're in different towns every night. We're in crazy costumes. We're doing acrobatic stuff. And to me, I tried to pull from that. And, uh, you know, I had some mentors, wrestling coaches, and I said, you know, those are my Bruce Wayne's. Those are my, my teachers. Mm -hmm. And, um, I felt like I was able to pull a lot from that. And I've always kind of been like, uh, a little bit, um, maybe mouthy and maybe, uh, arrogance not the right word but just um you know i i was wasn't thinking straight before i would say things sometimes in okay. my <laughs> life and to me i felt like that was very like dick grayson of me um and i just had to keep thinking of times in my life where i was behaving like he was or or how i thought he would and try to pull those experiences into my performance cool yeah and another thing too about the Nightwing in the series. I was glad you guys went with the classic blue <laughs> outfit. Yeah. In, in yeah. the beginning too, with the new 52 with the red, was that something where you kind of just want to showcase both or was it always where you got to go with the classic one? Cause it just looks the best. <laughs> well, I had, um, when we did the original trailer, um, years ago, a friend of mine had a red and black mm-hmm. Nightwing costume just by chance. So we did that one in the trailer. And then we had a lot of people that were like, Oh, we wish you did the blue one. And when I was going to do the series, I partnered up with a guy named Brian Milne, who is a a cosplayer in Vancouver who just makes amazing costumes. Um, Look him up online. I think he's he's a test test subject B cosplay. Anyway, he's amazing. And and he he took one look at the red costume and said, like, you're not wearing that. (laughs) It it, it doesn't look good. And uh, and he was right. You know, I I never really thought about it. I was like, oh, I'll just wear the red costume, whatever, no big deal. But he was right. I mean, on on camera, it didn't look that great, Um, especially when you're doing like, you know, in the trailer, it was fine because everything was so quick. Mm. But when you're doing long close-up shots and you want the the costume to look film ready. And so Brian said, I'm making a new costume. And I said, well, if you're making a new costume, let's do it in blue let's give the people what they want and do it in the black and blue. And then we'll also have him wear the red costume at some point in the show. So we get both. Um, so I wore the red costume in the first scene or whatever of the show. And then for the rest of the show, you see the red costume hanging in Oracle's lair in the background. And it's funny because actually Brian has an old school, disco nightwing costume oh wow and <laughs> I was after we tempted to use that one all. <laughs> well what happened was after we filmed the show after filming was done brian was like oh man we should have put the i should have brought the disco costume it's in my closet and i was like shit that would have been amazing if the disco costume was also hanging with the red costume in the background yeah <laughs> so i guess that you know that goes back to one of your earlier questions is there an easter egg we wish we would have got in there that one we the, like it, it was too late. We'd already shot the scenes. We weren't going to go back and shoot them again, <laughs> just for that Easter egg. But it was like the, he has the disco costume. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe we can squeeze it in somewhere in this episode. Yeah, that would have been awesome to see. Or maybe uh, Dick Grayson go to a costume party or something, and he can wear that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. That's the best costume. It's hilarious. Yeah, I can't imagine what would it be like seeing that in live action for the first. Totally. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of costumes, too, I got to say one of the, Probably my favorite 
villain portrayal in this in the Fargo was Bane. Yeah. That that was that's just a classic Bane look with the classic mask and they're absolutely going too different from it from how it was in Nightfall. I just thought the portrayal of Bane was really cool. In yeah. That. So besides looking so cool, how was the fight choreography with doing that? Was that one of the more challenging fight sequences that you had to prepare for in Prodigal? Yeah, for sure. I mean, with Prodigal, that was really the only big fight scene. <laughs> you know, there's there's a brief, there's like a couple of times, you know, I, I hit Anarchy with one of the batons in the yeah. first episode. And then in the um, beginning of the second episode, there's a, a very short scuffle with uh, our Solomon Grundy. Um, but those were very short. And then there's a very short thing with the Riddler as well in episode three, but really the only fight scene I want to say in prodigal is that final episode, um, with Bane. And so, you know, that was again, a couple months of rehearsals, um, Bane portrayed by Aiden Pringle, who is amazing. And, uh, like the biggest dude I've ever met in my life, like yeah. <laughs> he's an absolute monster. Like it wasn't even a, it wasn't even a question of, of who was going to play Bane. It was like Aiden's playing Bane or Bane's not being in it uh-huh. <laughs> because there isn't anyone in Vancouver. You know, and Aiden is another guy like he's worked on Smallville and Arrow and um, tons and tons of stuff. He's a really great actor and stunt guy. So we we wanted him and he's, you know, he's a good friend of mine. So he agreed to do it. And then we have my Nightwing stunt double. My, my double is a guy named Taylor Ty, who is also incredible. You know, I, I can do a lot of the you know, fight stuff on my own, having been a wrestler, but Taylor is just like the next level. You know, he, he is a ninja. Like the guy does spin kicks and <laughs> spins like eight times in the, it's like incredible. Like I, I can't, like he is Nightwing come to life when he does the stunts and stuff. Um, so the three of us rehearsing. And then of course, Yusuf was our fight cord- uh, choreographer uh, as well. And uh, so that was cool, you know, and I thought it was really important to do a very comic book version of Bane. Because, you know, again, Dark Knight Rises, uh, I think Tom Hardy is amazing. I thought the Bane portrayal in that movie was cool, uh, but it wasn't a direct comic book version. It was, sure, its own, yeah. it was its own version. So I said, like, let's get the luchador mask. Let's get the tubes. We're going to fill the tubes with green liquid. They're going to pump to his arm. Uh, let's get the biggest dude we can find, and let's do a comic book version of Bane. And and Brian Mill made that mask as well, and the mask is awesome, so cool. Yeah, because even in different comic storylines now, they I don't think they ever get the the mask just quite as right as they did in those like early Nightfall stories. Where I think Bane exactly was the coolest. And when I saw yes. that, I was like, yeah, that's it. That's like the Bane mask I totally love to see yeah. all the time on the character. Yeah, and we just sort of decided that Bane was going to be our main. You know, um, I guess if you think about it like a video game, it's like he's the final boss mm-hmm. okay. battle um, and and, you know, having him as like kind of the Court of Owls assassin, which is a little bit of a, a of a stray from the comics, because obviously the Talon is normally their assassin. But we, we did that a little bit differently and had Bane working with them. Um, and of course, the Talon is referenced quite a few times. Um, and then actually later, they I was reading like the Talon comic book that came out later. Uh, and they had Bane working with the Court of Owls, uh, which which I thought was cool. I mean, I, I don't think that they got that idea from our show or anything like that, but it was kind of a coincidence that <laughs> that actually happened later in the comics after our show had already come out. Then the Owls were starting to work with Bane in yeah. the comics. Yeah, you know, we say it happened in our series first. <laughs> exactly, man. You never know. Who knows? Maybe somebody saw it and uh, maybe one of those, you know, 100,000 views or whatever was uh, was one of those talent writers who knows exactly yeah now i'm not sure how much you could talk about this how it pertains with the stories but as far as batman goes was there any talk to actually have him 
in this first series with Prodigal? And mm-hmm. like, was there any like developments or like, talks about getting the costume ready if he would show up and if he will yep. show up later on? So originally, when when we started to do the series, I had a couple of rules, you know. And and when you think about like, I know once like let's say Smallville, mm-hmm. you know, Smallville, they were like, okay. Um, Superman or Clark Kent's never going to put the suit on. Yeah. But when he puts the suit on, it's the end of the show. Um, you know, shows have kind of rules like that. And I said, my rules for this is no Batman, no Joker. They can be referenced, uh, obviously, because they're a big part of this world. But I don't want to see them. And the reason I didn't, I didn't want to see them was because I felt like those were the two characters who, if they came on screen, they were bigger and more iconic than Nightwing. And to me, doing Nightwing's story, he had to always be the coolest guy on screen. You know, I didn't want to bring in a character that I felt like overshadowed him. Um, now, that idea, those rules, I think, can be bent. Um, I don't think that's a straight out like no, we'll never see them. Mm-hmm. Um, and we and there is a moment in I can't remember if it's episode two or episode three where you briefly you know they're talking about how Barbara had been paralyzed by Joker and we yeah. do see a really quick flashback of the Joker and we did it as like a total homage to the Killing Joke. He's wearing the Hawaiian shirt and he's you know we did it as like a straight up like we looked at the panels of the Killing Joke and we mm-hmm. shot it exactly like that. Nice, um, but. In that, also, I don't think you see his eyes. You only see his mouth. He's laughing. And you hear the laugh a few times in the show and stuff like that. I think I think that stuff is cool, um, whether we'll actually see Batman or not. Now, that being said as well, you know, the big storyline, obviously, of the first four episodes was where where is Batman? Mm. So whether we see him or not, that is still the main storyline of the show. Nightwing has returned to Gotham to find Batman. We need to resolve that storyline. So, yeah, we'll see, man. Oh, yeah. See, what's cool we'll about that man. and the story you're telling, I mean, you might go crazy with different theories. Because when I watched it, yeah. now that Batman's missing, I was yeah. thinking the quarter hours of Revolve, oh, oh, he's just stuck in that labyrinth that we saw, like Batman issue five and six. and Totally possible. That. And, and, you know, and I think, I, I don't think this is a spoiler by any means, but I mean, we, we sort of figured out at the end of episode four i mean they pretty openly say that they're like involved with the disappearance you know and and nightwing finding finding out that the court of owls is a real thing and and you know they obviously have some answers to where he is so they're definitely going to be involved with that um and and i love the i love the idea of people speculating i love the fan theories i i love not giving away too much and letting your mind wander um, as to where the storyline is going to go. Sure, yeah. But yeah, like you said, it's always nice when you can just, like, after you watch it, just kind of put the pieces in your head and maybe fill in the blanks for yourself until you get the actual story resolution for it. So I thought that was cool. Exactly, yeah. And you, going back to what you mentioned about not having Batman in there, I thought, like, when I first heard about it and watched the series, that was an interesting way to do it because yeah. there are several other fan films of Nightwing and Batman that I saw where it's usually kind of the same thing where it's Nightwing and Bruce not getting along and Nightwing trying to explain it to go his own path. But I, after watching, I thought this was probably the best way to go where he doesn't have Batman lurking over his shoulder and trying to live up to his expectation, but it was kind of more Dick trying to fill in the role of Batman as Gotham's protector. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, And you said it just right too. It's like he is coming back to Gotham to fill 
Batman shoes? Like, what if Batman wasn't in Gotham? What if he was missing or something happened to him? Like, can Dick Grayson actually step up at this time in his life and stop being uh, an immature uh, kid and, and behave like, an, you know, like Batman would and, and protect the city? And that was what was most interesting to me was seeing him grow into that. And I think that there was a lot of growth in that four episodes. Um, and I think there's even more growth in this sequel where he really fully becomes um, a guy that can can really oversee the city and, and step up to the villains that Batman has fought for all these years. Oh, yeah. Well, like I said, I can't wait to see where the story goes. And I guess my final yeah, question would be just, like, what is there a plan as far as how long you want the series to go? It's kind of playing it by ear by how each season does. But... Well, originally this was supposed to be the final one. Mm. And we've we've written it in a way where it could definitely be the final one. But now, you know, to be totally honest with you, uh, over the last couple months, I've started to see this as a trilogy where Nightwing Prodigal, those four episodes, that 47 minutes, to me is part one. Nightwing The Darkest Night is it's probably going to be about uh, 25 minutes, is, uh, is part two. And I believe that there is a third story to tell, uh, which would definitely be the final one. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. That's definitely um, very much just in the idea stage right now because we don't want to talk about it too much until sure, we're yeah. finished, finished filming this one. You know, we, we need to we need to finish getting our funding and finish filming um, this episode before we start talking about the next one. You know, it would probably be at least a year until we started filming a third one anyway. Mm-hmm. Um but there is definitely an idea that I have, and there's a story that I think needs to be told, and I think there's a lot of aftermath that we're going to have to deal with from this episode um, or this short film. Uh, a lot of really big things happen in this. Um, it's definitely our, you know, Dark Knight. You know, it's our big second movie okay. where a lot <laughs> of the stuff comes to a head that happened in the first movie. Um but there's a third story that I, I'd love to tell at some point. Cool. Well, hopefully this one's as successful as Prodigal and we get to see that third story. For sure. Yeah. Hopefully we can so. complete the trilogy someday, man. I don't, you know, if it takes me till I'm like 70, I don't care. I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll still, I'll still, still be plugging away, man. I got the Nightwing costume already. So, um, just get the camera out and cool. shoot me running around beating up guys. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, I'll be there to watch it. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Dane, how you doing, man? I'm all right. Um, Again, sorry, Dane, for hogging everything. (laughs) No, man, these these are great questions, man, great questions. Well, I have to be honest with you. I'm not the biggest fan of uh, fan films. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but uh, I think, you know, with your prodigal uh, short films, Mm -hmm. I think you've got me convinced, you know, after listening to you this whole time, I think you've got me convinced that, you know, this is something worth worth supporting. Mm Mm-hmm. It's so. it's interesting too because I I feel you and I, I get it and and that's what I sort of said earlier was like I hate the term fan films I hate the term web series you know because a lot of these things really get watered down um, by just a lot of people just sort of making something kind of half-assed and the team that we've assembled on this is is incredible I, I mean it's a massive team. Like I said, we had about 85 people on set two weeks ago and you know, our director, Matt Campbell, uh, he's currently working on star Trek beyond right now in Vancouver, um, in a crew role, uh, Matthew Hall, our other executive producer, tons of big credits. He's got a couple of really big movies coming up. I'm not sure that I can uh, speak about yet, but he's working with big name guys every day. Uh, you know, Byron Cotman, our, our director of photography. I mean, everyone that's involved in this, 
from the main crew roles right down to the um, smallest roles are very important and all of them have a lot of experience because we are in Vancouver. Vancouver is it's the same as LA. I mean, it's a huge film city, multiple film schools, uh, tons of projects shooting here all the time. All the big CW shows shoot here, bunch of features, Star Trek, World of Warcraft, all the big movies shoot here. So we are able to get a crew that's incredible uh, and that can produce something that is worth watching and is um, very high quality uh, production. And then same with the actors. I mean, like I said, we'll post a role for an actor and we'll have a hundred people submitting and, and all of them have great credits. You know, a lot of the stunt guys on our show uh, also stunt double on arrow. You know, the people that are involved with this production are, um, deserve to be paid a lot of money <laughs> um, and they're not because they just love the project and they're super stoked about the the script and they're passionate about it and so yeah I mean this goes out to everyone if, if, if you're not necessarily sold on fan films um, this is the one that's going to get you uh, to change change your mind I mean there's some great ones out there you know the, the Isma Hawk Nightwing series is great uh, I talked to Danny, Danny, uh, who, who produced and starred in the, um, Nightwing one there. We're going to do a little podcast together at some point and talk about my Nightwing show versus his Nightwing show. Oh, cool. Uh, there's bat in the sun productions. They do some amazing stuff and they were a big inspiration for me. Uh, machinima who I talked to those guys a lot as well. They, uh, make a lot of amazing fan films. You know, there's a handful of guys that are doing really high quality fan films and those ones are worth your time to watch. Yeah, because I mean, I've I've definitely watched some fan films, and you know, you you kind of get into that sort of the the thick of it, I guess you can call it, and then you just lose like all your interest. And absolutely, you know, you certainly seem passionate about this. Like mm-hmm. you really want to do this, and you're not just a guy trying to get his name out there. I mean, you know the comics, you've read the comics, you watched uh the animated series you know you, you're a fan of nightwing so yeah i mean that that's reassuring and you know i i just wish you the best of luck because you you've like i said you've convinced me <laughs> for sure man that's it's great that's and and i think you know i hope that the fans um and i think that they they do you know people post a lot of really great stuff on the youtube and the facebook page and stuff and they see all the little references um to the series and the games and all that stuff. And then they love that. And they go on little, uh, Easter egg hunts on the show and find stuff. Um, and, and I think they're going to see how passionate we are. And, and especially with this story that we're doing now, I, I, I know I'm speaking really highly of it and I know I can't really say much about the story and I have to try to refrain myself from friggin' telling you guys all the spoilers just cause it's so <laughs> exciting, but we're, we're doing some stuff that's like, man, I've never seen that before. And is this going to work? Who knows? I don't know. But right now, what I'm seeing of what we've shot is amazing. And I couldn't be happier with the team that we've built. And I wouldn't be, you know, like I said earlier, when I finished the first four episodes, I was kind of done. I was just like, I love this character and I love the show, but I can't do this anymore. This is too much. Now I'm like reinvigorated. I'm like, I can't wait until the next day to be back on set shooting this show because we're telling such an important story and we're taking a character that has been around for 75 years and is so iconic um, and hasn't been done justice in live action. And we're, we're giving him a chance to shine. And and there's a lot of fans that really want to see that. And we have really big, um, 
there's a lot of opportunity to do this really good or there's a lot of opportunity to really screw this up. So we're taking it very seriously. And I think that's where the passion comes from is we don't want to leave something on the screen that people can't be like, wow, that was like something else. That was amazing. Um, and I think with some of the stuff we're doing, I think people are going to really, uh, really love it. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, so if you want to see any of Brady's, uh, stuff, he, I'm sure you can just type in into YouTube, like uh, Nightwing Prodigal, right? Yeah, and absolutely, yeah. Flips, yeah, yeah if you type in Nightwing, Nightwing Prodigal, uh, the four episodes will come up, um, the trailer will come up, and uh, of course, my YouTube page will also have the new trailer, which is Nightwing The Darkest Night, uh, which is our 45-second teaser, so it's just a quick one, but it shows some of the action and shows the quality of the, the footage, and of course, there's links on there to our Kickstarter as well. Uh, we got, uh, I don't know when this show is going to uh, be released, but right now we've got about 13 days left on our Kickstarter. Uh, we're getting close to our goal for sure. We'd really like to surpass our goal um, just because there's a few really cool things we want to do, but they're not cheap with, um, you know, permits and insurance and uh, union stunt guys and all that stuff. So there's some really cool action that we want to do. We just need to make sure that we hit our goal. And, uh, yeah, so find us on Kickstarter. It's Nightwing the Darkest Night. Our Facebook page is Nightwing the Darkest Night. There's lots of updates. There's lots of behind-the-scenes photos, uh, interviews with the cast, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, yeah, thanks for having me on here, guys. No problem. Yeah, yeah sure. Great chatting yeah. with you. Got to geek yeah, out about guys, Nightwing. So <laughs> Green Lantern, sure, man. so it was all great. Oh, yeah, man. I could talk I could talk Green Lantern all day, man. That's DC Star Wars. I, I, I love exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, that would be, like, the other character I'd love to do is Kyle Rayner, but uh, – I mean, that would be a bit tough in terms yeah. of uh, <laughs> effects and stuff. I mean, I know some guys that could do it, but uh, it would probably uh, take about 10 years to get that one finished um, <laughs> with the animating and stuff. But but who knows? Maybe maybe one day we'll see. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Brady. It was really cool talking with you. Okay. Thank you very much, guys. No problem. Take it easy. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Okay. So we definitely want to thank Brady uh, Roberts for uh, joining us on this uh, special podcast. Um, you can check it, you can check out his website at um, nightwingtdk.com and you can follow him on Twitter and his Twitter handle is at Brady Malibu. And like we say at the end of every podcast, uh, go to BatmanUniverse.net on Facebook.com slash BatmanUniverse or on Twitter. Twitter handle is at BatmanUniverse. And you can follow us on Twitter and Tim's Twitter handle is at TimG. 311. <laughs> See, I think that sounds better than 311. So if you want to <laughs> say it that way, that's fine. <laughs> okay. And mine is uh, Dane Says Banana. And you can also find us on iTunes and you can rate and review us on there. And um, we actually got a new one. Let me see if I can just look it up real fast, Tim. Yeah, uh, this one was from May. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, going to give you a shout out sooner. <laughs> we just saw it like last week. Yeah, it's like we just never paid attention, pay, paid attention to our. Uh, our iTunes post or whatever. Or it doesn't mean page. we don't appreciate those reviews. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely not. And, you know, I think we should do this on a regular basis. If we get a new review, we should definitely read it. Yes. On the, the podcast. So uh, this one is from Wonderful Edition. And... The title for his review or her review is One Stop for Everything Batman. This podcast really helps 
uh, Batman fans embrace the different facet facets of Batman fandom. The hosts are funny. Hey, we're funny, Tim. <laughs> That's good. We can make someone laugh. <laughs> uh, the hosts are funny, friendly, and always looking to bring a fresh perspective on all things Batman. If you're looking for a place to call your ba- your Batman podcast base, this is the place. Keep it up. Well, thank you, wonderful addition. You're wonderful, man. <laughs> or- your review is a wonderful addition to our iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dang, dang, I could have thought of that. Yes, too slow on that one. <laughs> yeah, so thank you for uh, reviewing us, yes. and we'll definitely keep checking back more often to see if we get another review. Um, so yeah, you can email us at uh, batfanswithoutpants at gmail.com, you can check us out on uh, Facebook, I don't know why you would, at <laughs> facebook.com slash <laughs> and on Twitter, and Twitter handles at batfans27. And uh, just be sure to uh, check out Brady's um, his uh, Kickstarter. And I'm sure if you just type in uh, Nightwing the Darkest Night into the Kickstarter search thing, I'm sure it'll come up. Um, and check out all of his stuff on YouTube, uh, his Nightwing stuff. Uh, it's, it's, it made me a believer, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> yes. So with that, like... like like we say at the end of every podcast, we love you, we love you, we love you. And just remember, if you're ever feeling alone in this world, Tim and I love you. Right, Tim? All right, so we'll see you guys uh, soon. Soon, yeah. Yeah, we'll see you guys soon. So uh, we'll see you.